When you hear the word transparency, what thoughts immediately come to mind? Transparency in government, politics, or in corporate culture? These days, it's about the lack of transparency in all of the systems we consider to be official and authoritative. But what about individual transparency, spiritual and soul-level transparency? And what if the key to personal and collective power is attained through the cultivation of transparency? Best-selling author and renowned intuitive Penny Pierce, whose latest book, aptly titled Transparency, Seeing Through to Our Expanded Human Capacity, lays out a distinct and elegant thesis on how we are on the threshold of a whole new mode of living and how our ability to fully transform lies in our willingness to embrace and embody a transparent way of life. Well, today we've got back one of my and your favorite guests, and that's author, researcher, intuition expert, and my friend, Penny Pierce. And today we'll be diving deep into her brand new book, Transparency. And as far as I'm concerned, the timing couldn't be better to have this discussion. So welcome back, Penny. Oh, it's so good to be back. We always have such fun. I know. It's, uh, and as you know, we were just chatting offline and we said, if we don't get this thing started, we're never going to get the show done. So <laughs> let's just continue the conversation. So much to talk about transparency. You know, I can't help but think that the timing of my interviewing you is nothing less than synchronistic, given the title of your book, Transparency, and at least two major stories that are still breaking within the mainstream media as we speak. And that's one the exposure of sexual assault and harassment on a grand scale, the story that refuses to go away. And more recently, the revelation about the Pentagon's, quote, secret UFO assessment program. You know, it seems we're now living in an age of greater transparency, whether we like it or not. What do you think of the timing of these two major stories, Penny, within our mainstream news as it relates to an age of transparency? I think it's totally symptomatic. You know, I think it, you know, the transparency thing, I, I, it's in the news every day. I hear it, on, you know, everybody's saying that word. It's like, you know, the mm. word time has come. Um, and I think that there is something about the world accelerating, you know, it has been for years, but it just keeps coming in in, in higher intensity waves. And we have to adapt to those waves. And as we do, it makes us more sensitive to everything. And I think that now we're at a point where we're starting to sense the spiritual reality, let's call it, that's mm. actually inside the physical reality and that we want it. You know, we're saying, oh, the physical reality is wonderful, but that's not all there is or it's not functioning the way it could function. So we sense that there's a better way, that there's a more authentic way, that there's, you know, a an easier, more fluid, <laughs> frictionless way to do things. Mm -hmm. And and I think that ties into this hunger for transparency. And and the first level I think of understanding transparency is it's I call it horizontal transparency. It's that mm. the information age related transparency where we we want accurate information, we want access to information, we don't want people to lie to us, we don't want hiding in secrets, we want to dig down through and find the real thing, you know. And I think more and more people are just feeling this. You know, they want their leaders to be as accessible. 
mm-hmm. be connected. You know, it's um, they don't want people hiding behind the scenes. Right. So, so these issues are coming up because they have been suppressed, and they have been um, not only. I mean, they've been sort of diabolically suppressed. <laughs> oh, sure. Just for so long that um, I think everything that has been pushed down into the subconscious and uh, denied just can't stay there anymore. The, the consciousness and the energy on the planet's too high. Mm-hmm. So these things, and they're just a few of them, you know, it's, it, there's so much going to be coming up uh, of this, this sort of thing. Um, it's, it's just like popcorn going off. You know, right. it's that critical mass point of heat where poop, you know, they come up to the top, to the top of the right. conscious mind. Now. That's an interesting analogy. And you did mention in the book, um, or I, I think I've heard you say, maybe both, that the subconscious mind has nowhere to hide anymore. That's it. Nowhere, nowhere to, hide. to hide anymore. Yeah. Well, we know that there's a lot that's buried there. So if that's the case, by default, there's going to be a bunch of pop popping <laughs> going yes. on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and... Um, I think there are going to be a lot of, you know, what they call, well, cover-ups, right? <laughs> I mean, look, the Pentagon Papers thing is coming up now. There's, you know, stuff from previous presidents and what they did all tying in. And um, I think we're going to see a lot, this year especially in 2018, mm-hmm. a lot of um, dirty secrets really coming to the fore and tying into other secrets and tying into other people. And it's going to be like this kind of spider web of interconnections. Interesting. What, this is something that I had planned on asking later on down the road, but I'm going to ask it right now. What on earth or beyond <laughs> is driving this right now, you think? What or who? Is it us? Them? Well, I think it's, it's the frequency level of the planet itself. Um, and I, I know these waves are coming from somewhere, whether it's somewhere, probably in some way physical and just slightly beyond physical. Um, but there is this acceleration and that the frequency level of energy itself is what's driving this. Because as it increases, the vibration of our body increases, which means the vibration of our emotions and feelings increase, which means the vibration of our mind increases and it's a certain point i think we start vibrating beyond just the level of the left brain Mm -hmm. the left brain all by itself is actually fairly low frequency you know it's all about separation categorization definition language and it's kind of the the last hurrah of making something conscious um so interesting you know, so we've we've gone beyond that. So it is no longer able to be the boss, the leader, you know, and too much left brain. If you identify with it, that's ego. Mm-hmm. Of course. Right. So as it starts to fade in its importance because there's a higher frequency taking over, then we have this thing called ego death, which is, you know, unpleasant because it feels insecure to so many people. And and yet, the new thing that's coming in is the right brain, the heart, the whole body itself, the field of energy that we are spiritually. You know, we are the soul. You know, we're not just a body. Oh, sure, of course. We're seeing ourselves now as the soul. Now, here, not, not in some future time. Right. Not in heaven, but right now. 
it's integrated into the fabric of our daily life. And, you know, that's what transparency really is. Right. Beautifully said. Well, I, I think what you're alluding to, Penny, is that part of what you said is that this movement that we're seeing, and it's obviously this greater need for transparency, which I think people have probably always wanted, but th- this urgency now, and what is actually happening, the result of that, that we've got skin in the game. In other words, you know, <laughs> we're part of how, why this is happening. And yet, I think if you were to look at this en masse, it would still seem somewhat unconscious in us. And yet, we're still responsible for this surfacing, right? Mm-hmm. So, so it, it would seem that, like I said, you know, who or what is triggering this? Well, I guess the answer is us, but it's just a natural flow in, in the next evolutionary scheme of things? Yeah, I think it's it's the natural progression of consciousness to higher um, levels of frequency, where as that happens, we become more collective in nature. We start to feel interconnected with all other beings, which then if we're interconnected with everybody else, then we have access to everything they know. That's right. 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 And so then our pool of knowledge that we have to pull from in terms of what's available to us to know is ginormous. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's, a word, ginormous. Um, there's no limit to it because and and then we become, you know, if you look at what what's your body and you keep going up and up in, in frequency pretty soon you realize, hey, I'm the whole unified field at some level. Mm-hmm. That is my body of knowledge. Sure. That is my body of energy. And then we realize that we have, like a zoom lens on a camera, we're actually spherical beings that move our sphere in and out through this huge body of knowledge and encompass different amounts of knowledge at different moments. And we move freely through this so that we're not fixed. Mm -hmm. We can have a very tight physical focus if we'd like to do that. We can have a huge, big, open you know, Akashic record vision if we want, or intergalactic vision if we want. Uh, and it's all about where we place our attention. Mm-hmm. You talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to ask you about the the attention. We'll, we'll go there later because I have so yeah. many questions. You talk about <laughs> the the Akashic record and having ultimately access to that. Uh, you and I were talking offline and you admitted you were a big fan of ancient aliens, as am I. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I think they did an, uh, an episode, I believe it's in the current season, on the Akashic and, uh, you know, how we're, we have access through this continuum of consciousness. We're all on that in that playing field that we we can basically we're in the sphere we can get well, sure. anything we need when we I need like, it um, i don't know if you've ever listened to cry on uh, the channelings that that guy does i'm um, somewhat familiar but he his his being or his i guess it's a collective consciousness that comes through him talks a lot about this thing called the innate mm-hmm. which is a, a kind of energy body that we all have that is you know, it's beyond our brain. It really holds our Akashic records. It has total access to it. It is really responsible for evolving us back into total memory of who we are. And it is, um, it's kind of a, what would you call it? It's like that helicopter brain, you know, <laughs> that hmm. takes care of us. And uh, so I think we all have within us um, the inner blueprint of the, the, sort of highest realm that or what I would call the new reality the new intuition age reality and what that's going to feel like how it's going to behave how it's going to act when things are based on 
spiritual universal principles. Mm-hmm. You know, that's there in every single person as a core inner blueprint. And then in addition to that core inner blueprint, we have our own little unique individual inner blueprint that we're using in this lifetime to, you know, I always say we're built for something. Each one of us is sort of naturally built to do certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, like be a radio host or a, an interior designer or a writer or whatever, you know. Um, and uh, and so we work off both of those. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. They both, they coexist. I would agree mm-hmm. with you. You know, before we leave the ancient alien and the alien thing and the UFO thing and all that good stuff, and I'm not being facetious here. This is heavy. What what happened recently for whatever it was or wasn't, Penny, and this whole idea that we're moving into a new age, an age of transparency, not only with each other, but of other realms. What are your thoughts on what this announcement, to whatever extent it was accurate, inaccurate, a little bit of the truth, a lot, but from a metaphysical standpoint, what in, in the timing of it I'm trying to get to the heart of this what did that announcement mean for you in context with what we're talking about right now i think it's just a it's kind of like a hole poked in a piece of paper that you can see the light coming through <laughs> it's like a beginning of a revelation that um because they didn't really allow it to come through a hundred percent it's the same way with the JFK material that was coming in. Oh, that was going to be all released, but not really. Not really, uh, yeah. You know, and so um, I think that it, these are tantalizing hints about higher truths. Because the real higher truth is that there have been beings coming to this planet for eons to, to you know, and I'm a very big fan of Zechariah Sitchin and uh, all of that kind of thing as well. Um, and that probably all of our ascended masters are really related to these beings, and they're all interconnected. But I am—I um, very much am in a in a higher frequency around the whole concept of you know aliens. Mm-hmm. To me, they're not alien at all. No. They're they're higher higher versions of our own consciousness that we've forgotten. They're like our brothers and sisters that are just here to help and not not come into the physical plane all the way, but sort of like angels in some ways, I guess. Uh, they're in between linkages for us. And um, I mean, I have dreams with them quite often and get mm. lots of guidance from that level myself. Then um, it's very intergalactic. These are not the little gray beings with the big eyeballs. These are, these are wise people, you know, and I, uh, so I don't, I don't get specifics about where they come from or what right. they are or any of that stuff. I just, right. they're a group consciousness, basically. Right. I love the everything you said was just right on point. I, I concur wholeheartedly. You know, we talk about, you know, the stigmas that have been attached to the terms extraterrestrial, alien, UFO, and now they've, you know, decided to in, insert UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, at Al. Mm-hmm. You know, I just did a little segment called Conscious Commentary to give my little two cents on the what this event may have denoted. And as many in my audience know that my entry point into this whole field is based on the experiencer aspect, which to me is far more colorful, multidimensional and important. Um, But nonetheless, uh, I I love the way you put it. And you've said this before that you have had, um, uh, you know, 
um, connected with them on in the dream state and, and elsewhere. Uh, interdimensional, extra dimensional spirit beings, energy beings, you you know, the labels sometimes get us in trouble. But I think it's a whole spectrum of intelligence that alien is probably the last thing I would call them as well. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But would you agree that or would you say that despite the I would call it somewhat myopic in the way this was presented to us, even though it was a lengthy article. This was about lights in the sky. Who cares about that? As far as I'm concerned. And by the way, I want to put this on the on the record. Whoever read that uh, breaking New York Times story in uh, on December 16th, that article was close to 2000 words, pretty uncharacteristic for a print uh, entity these days, any <laughs> print medium or uh, even electronic medium. And not once do they mention I don't believe I know they don't mention extraterrestrial ET, or maybe even alien. It seemed that they were more interested in the, again, the lights in the sky and what that could be, than the intelligence behind it. So that was a little, but again, not to go off on a tangent there, but metaphysically, do you think that there could be some timing, you know, I, that's the thing that's just most curious to me, the time that this was released, all in the midst of this transparency, not having anything to do with the folks that that put it out, but some other force that's nudging that hole in the paper (laughs) to make it bigger, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's all a function of the frequency of the planet. Okay. Honestly. And I, I, I had a very visionary dream many, many years ago where I saw the Earth from out this from space, not too far out, but I saw all these clear balls of light flowing into and around the planet and piling up as though they were creating another layer around the planet. And they were all transparent and kind of glossy, diamondy light. Hmm. And I knew they were beings who were coming to watch what was going to happen here on the Earth because it was going to be a wonderful show, <laughs> you know, of transformation. And yet their very presence helped increase the frequency of the planet just from the sheer number of them piling on, you know. And um, and in my dream, it was called the Armada. I don't know if that, what that – has anybody else used that term? But that's what it was called. And, um, and they were all uh, – they were not interfering, but they were – their presence alone was causing people to yearn and stretch up in frequency to try to – find them and, and understand and con- communicate, which I think has happened quite a bit now. There's a lot of interpenetration through through meditation, through um, hypersensitivity that we're all going into this really ultra, ultra sensitive state now and being highly empathic so that we can receive telepathic messages. We can receive energy information a lot easier now. Mm-hmm. And I think if anything, they help us by working at that level so that the clearer you are in alignment with your own soul and with the universal principles and keep yourself at a very high frequency which means do what you love stay in your joy you know be curious stay open you know Um, then those higher kind of maybe they're star beings maybe they're ascended masters who knows what they are all the above (laughs) all the above then they can easily flow through to us Mm -hmm. through they come through on that vibration. Interesting. But if you're down in a low vibration of feeling fear and, and jealousy and anger and 
competitiveness and polarization, you know, you cut off the ability of that alignment to achieve our connection with the higher source mm-hmm. material. Makes sense. You mentioned telepathy. I want to ask you, where do you think penny transparency and telepathy intersect? Transparency, you know, I, I mentioned horizontal transparency, but what I'm really talking about here is vertical transparency, which is the realization that the soul is in the body and personality and right now, that it always has been, that that we are integrated. My Me, my mind, my body, my personality, and me, the soul, we're all here together. And then once that happens, and I realize I'm the soul, it starts to have a purifying effect on my mind and emotions. It's like souls don't know about fear. It doesn't exist at that level, that contraction, that separation, because everything's unified there. So everything just flows and it works and supports itself. And uh, so you start to look at things that are based on fear, like narcissism or victimization. Mm -hmm. And you're going, boy, that is a silly waste of time. Like, (laughs) what are we doing that for? You know, this is like, ridiculous and so this is still to answer your question Um, so we get to this point where we get rid of those that clutter that stuff that seems so ridiculous because we really don't need it it's it's blocking us it's wasting our time here on earth which is for creativity you know it's really to understand that we can bring ideas through and make them happen and then dematerialize them and you know have fun here Mm mm-hmm no. And so when you start to become personally transparent, you can see through things. Others can see you because you're allowing yourself to be exposed mm-hmm. for what you are. And that relates a lot to authenticity, honesty, um, vulnerability, but in a positive way. Right. And humility. Humility being a simple statement of who you are right now, not, not less than something else but just what you really are. So as you let people see who you really are, that includes all the mistakes you've made, just like everybody else. You know, we've all had, you know, dribbled coffee down our shirt, you know, or whatever. And, um, you know, so you let your mistakes show up and you let your talent and genius show up too. You're not Mm -hmm. embarrassed by being good. But let it out there, you know, and then people see that and then they feel safer around you. Right. And then they feel like they could let theirs out. Interesting, yes. Right? And yeah. so it's contagious. Absolutely. Well, you talk about the, the power of uh, the power in having the courage to be vulnerable in your book. And uh, I, I think yeah. that's really that's really important. So, um, hmm. Well, you know, vulnerability, I think, is um, to allow yourself to sit with or be with the fact that you think you've made a mistake and that other people are going to reject you, except Mm -hmm. that when you just sit with it and allow yourself to have it, and then you don't reject yourself because of it, right? Um, then other people don't reject you. It's like kind of amazing. Mm -hmm. This happens. And then vulnerability turns out to be a thing where you can see through to the soul in the other person. You're not just caught on the surface, because if you're not being vulnerable, you get caught up in all your protective mechanisms. 
right? In on your masks, in your behaviors, you know, in everything that, that's trying to avoid rejection. But as long as you're just open like that, often, you know, rejection doesn't occur. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing thing. It is. I'm hearing, yeah. as you're telling me this, Penny, I'm recalling another conversation, then I'll never forget something that you said about, because I, I think what we're really talking about is left brain um, versus right brain, opaque versus transparent. I, I've heard you mm. use that term a lot, opaque reality. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget when you said to me, the left brain is, you know, constantly rooted in an analysis and judgment and, of course, ego, whereas the right brain is saying, whatever the case, hmm, that's interesting. <laughs> I'll never forget when you said that. I, I use that so often because it's, it just, it says it all. It says that there yeah. is no judgment. There does not need to be judgment. No judgment of vulnerability. No judgment of, no. you know, what it's are viewed as failures. Yeah. Because the left brain is judgment. The right, right brain is just it is what it is. It, it, is, is, it is, you know, and um, and it, it's. I guess you could say it has permission, but it's just not even permission because everything just is there right. and it's all fine. Right. And whatever you're doing, it's fine. It's you know, and and then you have to go into this whole issue of trust that you trust your soul that you are the soul and, and that you at some deep level do know what you're doing because you're interconnected with all the other souls. And, and there's this big evolutionary process going on for everybody all at once, which I call the flow. Um, and so that you can trust the flow to bring you what you need in any given moment. So whatever, you know, arises and um, is just right. And it's bringing some kind of information for you or data it could be a snag, okay? There's that's not good or bad. It's an it's data about something that you kind of haven't perceived fully yet, and that you know you yourself are bringing your own attention to this thing so that you can unstick the contraction that was there around it and understand it, and then as soon as you get it, it dissolves back into the field and you have access to all the energy again, you know, and it's. Um, you know, that's what this, this time period, I think, is all about, is this clearing of the clutter of the stuff that's just simply in between mm-hmm. our consciousness here and the whole total unified field consciousness, which is our our home, basically. Mm-hmm. That's what we come from. Well, something to and, chew on for sure. You know, well, we're giving up the idea of, of being limited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm thinking of oh gosh I'm thinking about a lot of different things but um you've given you've given me something me personally something to chew on so interesting let's talk about um honesty that's a prominent theme in your book you know many are now familiar with the idea of uh what Mary Rodwell calls the new human in fact she wrote a book by that title the new human or the new children the crystals mm-hmm. the indigos star whatever you want to call them but one of the primary features, Penny, of these exceptional humans is their ability to be transparent. Not only their ability, their need. And this is an extremely awakened part of their existence. They can't live any other way. Do you feel that these new humans are here in part to usher us into a greater sense of mass transparency? Yes. And um, I wouldn't say that they're totally transparent either. Um, a lot of, of kids now are they're calling it being born awake. Um they are really clear, but I think a lot of them still have some problem with understanding 
the emotional realm or the astral yes. plane. I would agree you know, with that. that. They're really, really clear up in the higher levels of the Akashic records, the mental plane, and all of that. But then they come down toward incarnating and, mm. and dropping into the physical, and they have to go through the collective emotional body of the planet, which, you know, to me, the, the enlightened emotional body is basically electromagnetic energy. It is, you know, higher sense of feelings of compassion and, and that sort of thing. But the lower level is has got all this polarity and um, oppositional consciousness going on and because fear creates that separation, mm-hmm. you know, and it creates shoulds because if I don't do this, then this other thing will happen, you know, and, and that and you get caught in that rocking and that sloshing mm-hmm. as you start to come through it. If you don't understand how to stay calm and centered. Mm-hmm. And um, so you have they have to learn these beings and we do too though, but um, Have to learn the Stabilization process of being able to move in and out through that level of agitation and A lot of them have tried to jump over that level <laughs> You know, it's like I'll come down here and then I'm gonna leap the fence and try to get into the world without having to understand this mm-hmm. And then of course they get super disoriented they have rage, rageaholic problems. They've got, yeah. you know, an autism to me is another I thing was just going to bring that up. My gosh. Well, you know, where it's a very high consciousness yeah. and also extremely compassionate. But it's a, it's a kind of frequency that we haven't quite reached yet as a, you know, mass culture or even a hundredth monkey kind of, of, you know, level. But I think that those beings are here and holding the consciousness in the physical world, but they've put a little bit of a kind of plexiglass shield around themselves to just protect themselves from the chaos mm-hmm. while the world catches up. Yeah. And uh, so I, I think they're doing, that's, I don't think that vaccines are very much the cause of autism. I think it's, it's a sole cause. That's been a big discussion. I have to tell you, you're, you're taking me right where I, I, we need to be, I think, because I was going to bring up the Asperger's. As, some people say Ash, Asperger's. As, As, on the, on the spectrum, they're saying. On no. the spectrum. But here's the thing that I find fascinating. You, you're, and you're right in the zone in terms of, you know, there is a debate on in terms of the, you know, what is causing autism today. And I'm famous for saying, uh, you know, it's not a this or that. It's a this and that. It could be vaccines mm-hmm. and, and, and. Mm-hmm. But not the least of which is our, we're labeling something as a, as a disorder when we're actually seeing the birth of a new human faults mm-hmm. faults and all um and certainly a dissonance when it comes to uh, being adjusted or uh, trying to get adjusted to a planet that is definitely very opaque but let's talk about the aspergers and uh this this aspect that i've heard of now in fact i have a dear friend who's a psychologist who's very familiar with the the spectrum of qualities of someone that has aspergers one of which is brutal honesty. Mm-hmm. She said this. She said this to me many times, Alexis. These these individuals don't know how to lie, mm-hmm. you know. Th- so this is a, a, a you know whether you would call that. I think you call tran- you call honesty a close cousin to to honesty, if I'm not mistaken, in your book, right? So there's 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 a link there. And it's interesting that you're seeing these qualities, particularly the honesty, even at the point of insulting if they need to. <laughs> and well, those were I think Asperger's. That's, just, that's a symptom of not understanding the emotional body. Ah. 
um, okay. because um, there's a difference between brutal honesty, you know, and knocking someone over the head with right. so-called truth, which then is hurtful and detrimental, or um, this kind of compassionate ability to understand how to to help someone in leading them forward gently with the truth, mm-hmm. which is a reminder of who they really are. But, um, you know, I think that the higher frequency beings, and, and I think we all find this as we go into higher vibrations ourselves, we can, our first reactions often are that we can't tolerate the lower vibrations. <laughs> it's like, it's like, oh, God, you know, that is just, I can't sit in this lecture because they're talking about things that are just too stupid, you know, or they're, you know, or I can't eat this, this greasy food anymore because it's, it makes me feel clogged up or, you know, whatever it is, um, that we have a lot of intolerance for things that are lower in frequency. And that's partly because we haven't stabilized our own vibration yet and made it a new normal. That we're still giving the lower frequencies power over us. They're like, oh, they might pull us back down, you know, like uh, I'm helpless against them, you know. Mm-hmm. And so you, you, you know, you have to like pretend to guard yourself from these things. And that is an error in perception. All you have to do is remember how you like to feel. You have your own preferred state. That is your truth, your diamond light, your home frequency. And you can choose to be in it, or you can choose to match somebody else's vibration and feel differently. Or if you get, you drop your frequency way down and you start to feel suffering, well, that's just another vibration, but you don't have to stay there. You know, (laughs) you can go and explore all kinds of vibrations, but then come back to yourself. So you don't have to be defensive anymore. Right. Okay. I'm, 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 Does that make sense? It, it makes perfect sense, and I'm, I'm trying to refrain from using this term. I want to play devil's advocate. I don't, I don't want to play devil's anything, but I'm going to say this right. just for the sake of, and let's see, make sure I don't lose my train of thought. You're talking about people coming back to where they, who they are, and what, where they want to be. But Penny, unfortunately, and I have a feeling we've had this conversation before. There are so many who still, who a don't know who they are or even where they want to be and three or even consciously aware that they have a choice to move into a more Mm. preferred space how do we get over that or through it well first of all there's a whole big chapter in this book about what i'm calling the bridge time Mm -hmm. which is what we're in right now and to me that is this this time of the clearing of the subconscious mind at a an individual level and a group level and a national level and a global level. And it's quite uncomfortable as all the fears start flushing up to the surface and floating around and in the, the atmosphere with us. Um, and like you said, there are some people that are really quite clear right now and others who are actively working on it and getting clearer and clearer and others who are just getting the idea that they could become clear. And then there are others who don't have an idea they could become clear, mm-hmm. and there are others that are resisting the idea of becoming <laughs> clear. And, uh, you know, so people are at all kinds of levels. And um, hmm. I think that all we can do is, you know, we work on our own our own centeredness and clarity. And you stay in that, that transparent state as often as you can, which means that you can see through the fear in, on the surface of other people. 
because they'll present that those defensive behaviors first. That'll be the outer covering. Mm -hmm. And when you're a, a warm-hearted, you know, clear being with great compassion and wisdom, and that comes more and more as we get transparent, um, then you can look at other people and see them like a frightened child. Mm-hmm. You know, I understand uh, that. Yeah. You know, so, so then you go, okay, uh, take a moment and pause. You don't have to react because they don't have any power over me. I am myself, and I always will be, and yet I can picture them and see them and feel them as their soul. I can see through their mask and feel into the core of what they really are, and then I can telepathically communicate that to them. Wow, that's where all of that comes in. You see, yeah, this is where it is. Like, I will communicate with them in the inner realms, in the place where everything's so interconnected, there's no time or space to cross. In fact, there's no transmissions there. There's another T word. It's it's an immediate communication or education of truth, real truth, about who who you really are. And I see you as who you really are. And then somehow, some of that's going to get through and bubble up eventually. You can't try to make somebody change from the outside in. Ah, absolutely. And so it's about patience, I think. And just patiently being compassionate as often as you can. And I tell you, I get thrown off myself uh, quite often. (laughs) You bring that up in the book. You talk about that. You know, I really do. I mean, and and then I just have to, you know, it might take me a couple hours or maybe even the next day. And then I sit down, I try to recorrect that situation that I, um, you know, got knocked off with and um, see it properly. And, And then it's okay, because when I correct it, there hasn't really been any time then. When I'm in it in its proper relation, it takes over and goes back to the thing where I messed up and it corrects it. You know what I mean? It includes it and kind of untwists the contraction and then it's gone. Does that make sense? Yes. Because there's no past and future anymore. It's all in the present moment. Mm -hmm. So I had a present moment where I contracted around somebody yelling at me and, uh, and then in this present moment, that one's in my present moment, so I can go and whatever I choose to be true in this present moment, it changes everything that used to be called the past. So let me ask amazing. you. It's amazing. Yeah. This, let, this let is me, the reality. So you, you said that you had one of those moments where you were sort of reacting to someone that treated you in a way that you would not want to be treated or yelled at you or whatever. Did you on some level, Penny, go to that person's soul level and communicate with them there? You know, referring to what you were talking about earlier. Yes. And I went in and, and really got that. I understand all the dynamics of what was causing them to do what they did Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. um, no judgment at all. Um, Right. Just, and no defensiveness. But it's hard, you know, sometimes when um, somebody really comes at you in the moment to be undefended. Absolutely. But you can go back, and then pretty soon, once you do it enough times, you don't retract and contract as fast or hard as you did before. Mm -hmm. What do they say uh, to change a habit or to create a new one? The key is repetition. 
and, and yeah. I forget how many times, but we can make that a new habit since we are still habitual creatures. Yes. Well, you know, some of a, a lot of what you're saying to me, Penny, about this new way of living, this uh, this new reality that was really always here to begin with. I, I feel there's a lot of alchemy, alchemical principles I'm hearing come out. And, you know, as I was contemplating your book, a thought occurred to me, and I'm going to call this the three T's. Transparency begets transmutation begets transformation. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. Transmutation yeah. being the alchemical aspect. Yeah, they're all pretty much the same words for the same deep experience, I think. you know. But um, it seems like transparency is a trigger that attracts the ability to alchemize a situation like the the argument that you got into that you can now change into a calmer situation uh, right. both f- changing the past and going forward as, as we perceive the forward to be and then that as i'm saying begets ultimate evolutionary transformation true but i think every time you can transform from a linear perception reality into a spherical and holographic mm. reality, which is what my book Leap of Perception is about. But every single time you do that and you um, reassert your home frequency, you, you reassert the reality of everything all being in the sphere with you at once and there's no outside world and all the, everything's interconnected and all that, um, then you become more transparent. So that transformation experience creates greater transparency. Then the transparency yeah. makes it easier for you. That's you know, cyclical. It's like the That's chicken a, yeah. and the eggs thing. Yeah. Exactly. And, and the other thing I wanted to mention is, because I put this in the book, is that part of that experience of transparency is that you really do see through um, polarization and oppositions and things like that because mm. um, you're starting to see unity. You're starting to see revelation about this. And I wanted to just read you, Please. you know, this little paragraph that I have yeah. here about um, how transparency, and this is in the, I don't know, the very beginning of the book, is it's about letting go of everything and receiving everything. It's about the irony of having no ego and an amazing personal presence, of not being intellectual and being a genius of not needing to rescue the sufferers of the world and being a powerful force for healing. It's about how becoming transparent empowers the good while seeming dangerous, <laughs> how it lets you be empty and spacious while being full and free while also belonging. And it's about making enlightenment normal. You know, um, So you get this Nothing. kind of, you know, almost sometimes comical revelation um, and I've called it the time of great ironies. Mm-hmm. Here's another little couple sentences. It says, what seems restrictive is really freeing. What seems dangerous is really protective. What seems safe is really detrimental. What seems problematic is really the answer. What seems easily spiritual is really numbing. What seems sacrificial is really an increase it is the quest for an attainment of personal and collective transparency that reveals the deeper truths, and it brings with it some welcome humor and relief. I love it, love it. Is this all a part of the same uh, little section? Yeah, it's right in the beginning of the book. 
may I put you on the spot and ask you, because I'm going to pick up my book right here. I don't know that I read that. What page is well, that? <laughs> well, the uh, second piece I read is on um, in the to the reader section right at the very end. And then the other one's right in the first paragraph of about this book, which is uh, there's still the, the front material in the book. I, with your permission, would love to post that in writing. Oh, sure. May sure. I? Oh, now, I, w- I promise I won't put the whole manuscript, <laughs> just that <laughs> section, because I do think there's such wisdom. You know, at first blush, you might think the whole thing's a big paradox. But guess what? Life can be paradoxical in a linear thinking way. Right. <laughs> but everything you say makes sense. Exactly. When you when you eclipse the linear way of understanding the world, mm-hmm. where, you know, and linear means there's separation between things. You have, you know, beginning, middle, end past, present, future, right. you have these dots along a line with imaginary gaps in between the dots, right? And then, uh, and that gives us a certain like cause and effect thinking, for right. instance, or and that, and it, it takes time to cross gaps, you know, because they look empty, mm-hmm. uh, needs willpower to cross gaps, you know, there's these certain um, belief systems that go along with it. But when you eclipse that and move to the next higher level, which is this spherical way of understanding things, um, everything starts to shift the way you understand it. That's why I say it seems like a time of ironies, but really everything deepens to its truer form. Mm-hmm. I get you know? that. And, yeah, and the whole last chapter in the book, basically I've gone through a whole bunch of these different ways of what will change, how will things change, you know, as you go into the new, the new reality. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like education or you know, work and play and planning and flow and all, all kinds of things. Right. Before I before we get too far along, you mentioned the word eclipse twice. And I cannot, mm-hmm. th- you just reminded, I have to ask you about this, because I think I was listening to another interview that you did recently, where you talked about the eclipse, the you know, what some called the Great American Solar Eclipse last August. Mm-hmm. And I've been a little bit, not a lot, but a little outspoken on what it denoted for me. And I didn't quite, I, I don't know that I heard all of what you had to say, but let me just ask you, what do you think of any the eclipse denoted in this regard. It's interesting that you're using the, the term sort of figuratively, yeah. and yet, could it might it have triggered this new level of moving toward transparency? I think it was, it coincided with a very intense wave of acceleration, intensification at that point, and it may I don't know if the eclipse was the cause or if it was just there were alignments of planets mm-hmm. and other forces at that time. And uh, But I do feel like that was a marker point last year for mm-hmm. a whole release of fluidity. And, you know, I've, I've written my 2018 Oracle letter. It's on my website. But I, I said oh. that for this year I was getting one big word and it was flood. <laughs> really? <laughs> you know? Yeah, like so much flooding into our reality now and flooding out of our reality and um, just everything starting to move and uh, things that have been stuck kind of liquidizing and, um, you know, moving from solid state to liquid or gaseous state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting so. that uh, I, I just did a show uh it's an annual forecast show that I do with an individual numerologist numerologist named Sharon Milstein, where she she's used kind of the same uh, ideas of, you know, using elements, you know, natural elements like 
the earth, you know, earth, fire, water, etc. And she mentioned flooding. And, you know, obviously, we've seen what's been going on in terms of um, all of these activities. But they have a larger meaning for sure. Yes. Yes. We're we're running out of time quickly. No, mm-hmm. no surprise. So I want to try to get a couple <laughs> more things in. I want to ask about transparency, possibly showing itself to be the case in things or inanimate objects, and even the truth of reality itself. You know, we think of transparency as seeing it in someone or someone being transparent with us. But what about things? Be becoming more transparent and in our understanding what they are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, to me, what I think of first is it's a practice I do a lot, which is to look at any object and feel into it. Uh. Not so much see through it, but feel into it and um, imagine the molecules and the atoms and the particles that are making it up and the frequencies that are in there and that it's all that it has an inner life that it has a an energetic life it may be a lot slower than mine is but it's still being made by a conglomeration or a convening of certain kinds of consciousness which means that beings are involved on the on the in the non-physical realm helping the whole physical world to materialize with all of its frequencies. And so I grant non, you know, inanimate objects life. (laughs) Mm. I feel them as responsive to thought and emotion and care. Mm -hmm. I mean, I pat my car's hood when I go to get in, you know, like I say, hi, how are you? You I do the same thing. (laughs) And we just got a new one too. So I'm talking to it a lot these days. (laughs) But yes, and you know you what's know. interesting, we laugh, but you know, a lot of people do that and they'll laugh, but it, it seems, here we go again with, on some level, Penny, we all know how this works, even though we may not be, be able to articulate in the eloquent way that you have, but I think we're all operating by those principles anyway. Yeah. So. I mean, first we learned that plants had a consciousness. Yes, I just saw this wonderful Nova show called Bird Brain about how birds <laughs> actually have emotion and they think so much like people they solve problems it was amazing to watch it um you know so i mean the arrogance of thinking that we know so much Mm. it's ridiculous but i think that there's something else that kind of relates here and that is the the whole ai movement and (sighs) and the (laughs) development of technologies that are done are being done by purely left brain kinds of people mm-hmm. where, you know, I saw on uh, uh, one of the newsletters I get that they were talking about the future and the future is exponential. It's the exponential age. And I'm thinking, you know what, that's still linear thinking. Of course it is. It's, right. It's like the line is just going to go up real fast, <laughs> mm. but it's not the intuition age where the whole reality shifts its functioning to be almost like instantaneous and magical. Um, And I'm a little worried about people who are inventing things that are 
it seems like the machines know more than the people. That's do. right. Oh, we've covered you know? AI on the show quite a bit. I've got to chop okay. it up a bit. There's a lot to say there. Well, you yeah. know, the, this brings me to a question that I was going to forfeit, but since you bring this up, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to bring this up. You know, we think about, and it, it's no it's no uh, secret that artificial intelligence is something that they speak about very openly. But there is clearly another discussion in the subculture about the nefariousness of AI and the agenda that's attached to it, and that go, people go back and forth. I've discussed that on the show. So it brings me to this uh, question, Penny. Do you think uh, uh, on the not so good side of things that there may be some that are purposely trying to keep us from being transparent and from being, for goodness sakes, human, um, and, and not to mention the evolution of humanity through things like AI. That wasn't my initial question, but I'm gonna, that's what triggered me wanting to ask you. Is there someone, someone or something trying to stop this movement that is so, that's burgeoning for sure? I am not one for conspiracy theories in particular, um, but I think that those kinds of things relate to this process of ego death. Mm -hmm. And again, back to the acceleration where the natural process the real true process of acceleration is to transform human consciousness and to also bring up the consciousness of animals and plants and everything going up a level into more um, sensitivity. And, um, and so if you're stuck in the left brain and defending it, that, that things can only look like they could for the genius of the left brain making, you know, the left brain doesn't really get new visions. It gets extensions of the past. Mm -hmm. it, it gets, you know, it's um, through more, better, different, through cleverness, um, you know, through linear progression like that. It's not something that just interrupts that flow and brings in an entirely new reality. Typically, it does not do that. Mm -hmm. And so, I'm a little worried that people who are just stuck on that linear way of thinking are going to create things that um, can be can have dangerous side effects, let's say. Absolutely. Whereas, if we will understand that we ourselves are amazingly genius, that we're the ones who created the AI in the first place, we're the ones who came up with machines in the first place, we're the ones who know about medicine in the first place, you know, we have created it all, and we're just at the beginning of what we understand about the universal laws. Mm -hmm. But we have our own capabilities. That's why the subtitle of my book is Seeing Through to Our Expanded Human, human Capacity. capacity. Right. And it is about, we are telepathic, we are precognitive, we have access to the whole collective, you know, imaginal realm where every variable can be combined in any combination and make all kinds of new stuff. Mm -hmm. But we are the prototypes. <laughs> we ourselves have these the expert set of skills. We're better than cell phones. You know, mm -hmm. we have we have more capacity than iPads. Absolutely. You know, to do well. it with and the gadgets are then just there for implementation. Right. Well, and this is why I'm, you know, and this is not uh, a, a conspiracy discussion, but I will say I'm going to have to to chime in and say that I do think when you when you state the obvious, you know, our capabilities have no doubt been atrophied. I feel mm -hmm. on purpose uh, for a long time. 
you know, and it goes back to the old playbook of divide and rule. I mean, you know, so when you see the inculcation of uh, AI, particularly within our youth, you know, I'm thinking of relatives and friends, kids who are already sold on the idea that this is what they're going to be doing um, in their careers. Young people are going to be working on actively in artificial intelligence. They're, they're, you know, they, the proverbial they, are creating a whole generation of thinkers that are, it seems, trying to move people away from their natural, their inner Wi-Fi is what I call it, and away mm -hmm. from intuition and more into machine culture. So I, I think we we need to be cognizant of that. I really do. I, I think we're going to have to, those of us that understand the greater dynamic are going to have to be very dogged about keeping transparency alive. Well, it also has to do with educating the new soul groups that are Absolutely. coming in about the emotional body mm -hmm. and about compassion and about the incredible advantages of coming into three-dimensional reality mm -hmm. and experimenting here. But bringing spiritual truth into this reality and watching it transform here, you know mm. yeah i mean it i think there will be a backlash against the just machine reality i think it's going to be about an experiential backlash that people are going to want to get their bodies involved their senses involved they're going to want to do things directly without intermediaries and i i don't know exactly when that's coming but it feels like now, if anything is helping direct that, I would say the intergalactic beings are very much going to help with that. Mm. that that's a great thing. We have a lot to look forward to in 2018 and beyond, I'd say. <laughs> yes, I think so. It's going to be, it's well, it's going to be hell on exciting wheels. And, and exciting. Um, <laughs> and um, for people who are already really on their path, it's going to take them into fortunate circumstances and for those who are resisting it it's gonna break a lot of things loose mm, interesting. and and yet the the uh potential for instantaneous healing is so great now mm. that those who have difficulties or traumas or are breaking loose their subconscious stuff can be through it a lot faster than we were dealing with it when we first started right exciting you know, it can be done so quickly now yeah exciting for sure transparency seeing through to our expanded human capacity and by the way i love that subtitle this is a book that i'd recommend everyone add to their library of knowledge and wisdom and i'd also encourage that if you haven't already be sure to pick up penny's previous works frequency the intuitive way and leap of perception they are all must reads in my book so Miss <laughs> Penny Pierce, fashionista, I just saw her. She's looking real good, everybody. I said next time we're going to get her on camera so she can show off her beautiful wardrobe and beautiful smile <laughs> and share that energy uh, with us face-to-face. Uh, -face. So thank you so much, my friend. Thanks, Always Alexis. a pleasure to have you. You're fun. It, it, you are too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again. And thanks, everyone. We'll talk to you real soon. Penny has such a unique and inspiring way of distilling these ideas. Every time I interview her, I'm left with another pearl of wisdom, as I hope you are too. As we leave this opaque reality and begin to embrace and welcome a more expanded, non-linear, transparent reality, we have much to look forward to. In preparation for this grand moment on our planet, I do suggest you pick up a copy of Penny's new book, Transparency, Seeing Through to Our Expanded Human Capacity. 
I can't think of a better companion for ushering in this unique and exciting chapter in our human story. Thanks, as always, for tuning in to Higher Journeys. Until next time, I'm your host, Alexis Brooks.